Trek Geeks is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the place for amazing pin collectibles with over 200 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code good on your next order at fansets.com just for Trek Geeks listeners. Fansets. Our pins have character. This episode is also sponsored by Science Division, the makers of the world's first interactive Tribble that you can control with your smartphone. Keep listening for a special Trek Geeks discount code when you adopt a new Tribble at sciencediv.com. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. Hi, this is Andy Robinson, Elam Garrick on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, and you are listening to the biggest little podcast this side of the Gamma Quadrant. It's the Trek Geeks podcast with Dan Davidson and Bill Smith. Failure to tune in would not sit well with the Obsidian Order. Somebody's undisclosed basement with a stack of DVDs for other shows that aren't even remotely named Star Trek. It's the biggest little show this side of the Alpha Quadrant and the flagship of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Greetings, ladies, gentlemen, children of all ages. Welcome to the Trek Geeks Podcast. I'm your co-host, Bill Smith, and uh, it's a joy to be here for episode number 218. We're going to talk about something a little bit different tonight, of course, by we. I am joined by a couple of individuals, the first of which I will introduce to you now. The third of which we'll introduce in just a few minutes. But first, he is, um, well, you know, if he's the guy who is stuck to, to order pizza for any kind of marathon, no, it's going to have the worst toppings possible. It's going to have anchovies and jalapenos and pineapple all in the same pie. Um, yeah, just don't trust him to do that because he's just terrible. He's Dan Davidson. And Dan, welcome aboard, buddy. Um, why don't you throw a slice on a plate and pull on up to the table? What does that even mean? I, I don't. What? I don't. Where did you get that one? That's okay. You give me a hard time every week about the Farkisms, which are gold, by the way. I just mm-hmm. want to say that was your worst intro you've ever done. No, that was actually pretty spot on. It's it's true. <laughs> I didn't say I, whether or not it's true or not. It was the worst <laughs> intro. <laughs> hey, well, thanks for having. Thanks for welcoming me so well, pal. I do Great every week. Here. Episode two hundred eighteen. Do you know wow. there's only one introduction I've repeated for you? Do you know which one it is? No, because I never really listen to what you're saying anyway. What? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I refer to you as Man, Myth, Montgomery Ward Underwear Model. Oh. I've well. done it twice. Oh, well, you know. You gotta, I, I, I still get the royalties for that, too, so thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, you actually don't get any royalties. <laughs> um, we didn't stop paying you. We just fixed the glitch. Oh, sorry. All right. Little don't. office space reference for those of you listening. All right. Dan, uh, we have an interesting topic tonight. Yes. Um, one we're very excited to talk about, and one um, 
suggested by our guests. So why don't we kill two stones with one bird and talk about both of those? Wow. That, I like how you did that. That was backwards because I actually would say that and not do it on purpose. So I appreciate I know. that you were able to do it. I know. Yes, we got a great topic tonight. You know, how can you not put on a television show these days or watch a movie or do go to a store and not have some kind of a Star Trek reference in there? I mean, it is that popular pop culture. So that's what we're here to talk about. Strange Other Worlds is what we're calling this week's episode. And to help us talk about it, we have a very, very special guest. Uh, She is one of the original Trek Geeks fans and supporters from way back when, eons ago, eons ago. Uh, She is the creator of Trek Tuesday, which we absolutely love. Every week, we just find new stuff to, to to post our swag. And she's one of the admins of Camp Kittimer, which is also a good thing. So if you're bad, you're going to get yelled at by this person, possibly. Very, very, it can be very dangerous. And you can hear her all over the place. She's on podcasts all over this quadrant. All over. All over. She's the one and only Haley Stoddart. Haley, welcome to episode 218. It is so great to have you on here. It's been a long time. It has been such a long time, guys. it's been so long she's aged and and yeah and i now i'm guilty and i feel guilty i'm guilty i'm sure but you know whatever as the vice president of guest relations you should feel guilty yeah i do i feel awful i mean gosh when did we have you last on i think it was a crossover yeah it was it was yeah that was the last time that epic epic crossover that was super fun but no i'm excited to be here uh i'm glad that you guys were totally on board with this uh topic because I've been watching so many different shows and rewatching stuff, and uh, it popped up. And I never picked up on it, I don't think, when I was younger, but it's there, and it's crazy, yeah. and it's awesome. Agreed. I, I I think it's it's fantastic. I mean, I think we take for granted now as Star Trek fans how often Star Trek appears in other things. I mean, there are ones that are totally, you know, slapping you in the face with how obvious it is, and then... Other really subtle references, some of which we may get into tonight. Haley, you're also joining us for another reason, which we're going to announce in a little bit. Um, that's what we call in the biz a major market tease. Oh. But for now, Dan, why don't you tell the folks at home how they can get in touch with us and tell us how awesome Haley is? So, oh, pff, I mean, that goes without saying. She's so awesome. If you're looking to get in touch with us, you can head on over to trekgeeks.com slash contact, and there you will find a multitude of ways to communicate with us. There is Skype chat. There's email. There's even voicemail by way of that big blue button using SpeakPipe. Uh, whatever way you want to contact us, just make it so because we love hearing from you. Plus, there's also the most positive Star Trek group on Facebook. It's called Camp Kittimer. It's our official group. And it's where over 1,700 friends gather to talk Trek. It is always positive with no bashing or gatekeeping ever, ever allowed. I squish your head. <laughs> oh, okay. See, I didn't screw up. He made me laugh. Uh, to join the group, just head on over to Facebook.com slash groups slash Camp Kittimer and be ready to take part of a truly wonderful social experience. And as always, we want to thank our wonderful admins, some girl named Haley, Jackie, Sarah, and Dan for the amazing job they do running the camp. Also, Bill, I have to say... It is very important to please mm. remember that any comments or messages are used in any of these places, maybe used in a future episode. You know what blows my mind is you can get through that speed talking portion every week, but I sit here and pretend to squish your head and you lose it. <laughs> and what's funny is I was like shying away from the lower right corner where you are, and I couldn't help it because I could see what you were doing. It I was using my peripherals. 
as Ooh. they say in 40 year old virgin yes Ooh, yeah that's uh, i'm really impressed by that and you, you know this is just one of the reasons why you and i are low-end podcasters um <laughs> just because we yuck it up over stuff like that know, uh, so dan and Haley, we actually have a couple of voicemails that we're going to talk about real quick yeah. um i'm going to play the first one now this is from our listener kim hi bill and dan how the heck are you guys I have been meaning to send you guys a message ever since I met you last summer at STLV. My name is Kimberly. I met you guys like Wednesday, the first night of the convention at the Hallmark booth. You guys came up behind me and I heard your voices and I was so thrilled. I turned around. I was like, oh my God, it's you guys. Anyhow. Uh, so many things I want to comment on about your podcast, but I just listened to your latest podcast, the tear jerkers episode. How come you didn't include, um, city on the edge of forever? Come on guys. The first time I ever saw that episode, I was like elementary school. I don't know, fourth grade maybe. And I bald when when Edith Keeler had to walk in front of that car and Kirk had to hold back McCoy so that she didn't die or that she so that she did get hit by the car and she did die and he didn't want her to die how could you not pick that episode seriously come on guys the other thing I wanted to comment on we've been talking about Star Trek Voyager a lot because of their anniversary this year and you guys don't seem to be too thrilled with Tom Paris. Well, do you understand? You know why they put Tom Paris on that show, don't you? He was there to appeal to us young women that were watching the show. They were trying to bring us more females in, I think, into the fandom. And um, when Voyager was on, uh, Tom Paris and myself were both like the same age. And he was my favorite character on the show. And I also think that he, um, I, I think he was supposed to be kind of like what maybe a young Captain Kirk would have been when Kirk was his age. And if, you know, so I, th I think that's what it was, he was there for. He was there to attract the female audience and he was there to be kind of a young, brash uh, look at maybe what Kirk would have looked like. Anyway, I see I'm going to run out of time. I love what you guys have been doing. I loved meeting you guys last year at STLV. And I will have to post a picture because I took some pictures with you guys. And that way you'll remember who I am. But I will call you guys back and send some more voicemails. See ya. So, Dan, how could you not include City on the Edge of Forever and Tearjerkers, you big jerk? Because it didn't make me cry? See, that's the thing. Yeah. I, it doesn't make me cry either. I'm like, um, I'm like, run her over! No, I'm just kidding. I wasn't <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm wow. just kidding. No, it, it's a strong moment for Kirk. But as I said in our Tearjerker episodes, there's really no TOS episode that makes me tear up. Yeah. Which is, I mean... If I'm gonna throw that in, which is a which is a big moment, maybe the whole um, uh, requiem for Methuselah aspect at the end of that episode is mm. another one that we should include. Sure. 
it's a very emotional episode. It's just not a tearjerker for me. I, I have to agree. I mean, it it is a great moment for Kirk. It's a great moment for Bones and Spock too. Mm-hmm. Uh, not so great for Edith Killer, turns out. Um, but I just it. I don't get the same level of emotion. Now, that doesn't mean that other people won't, which is part of the reason why we said our list is by no means definitive. Um, but if if you get that kind of feels from City on the Edge, Haley, I say go for it. Right? Yeah. I mean, I got somewhat emotional about it. Like it was, it, but I don't know necessarily that I cried over it. Uh, sure. I, gotta I think say- I got more emotional over the Horda. Yeah, yeah, no, I'll buy that. Yeah, I gotta say, yeah. if I'm gonna cry for Edith Keeler, I gotta cry for the guy who put the phaser on overload. <laughs> no, no, okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> sure. uh, and then the other half of Kim's voicemail was um, the explanation as to why Tom Paris is on Voyager. Oh no, I get why he's there. I'm just not a big fan of the way the character is written. That's just yeah. me, though. Yeah. And that's nothing against uh, Robbie. Uh, no, not a, at all. He's he's fantastic. I mean, he's he's a great actor. He's a great director. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, he and Haley, and I'm, I'm only asking this because you are the female this week on the show. People, you know, it's, it's the, it's the ver, it's having a seven of nine on, on a show or a, or a T'Pol kind of is what people are saying that maybe that's why he was there. Do you agree with that? I can, I can kind of see that, I guess. Um, Give that that same kind of vibe for those teen preteen mm-hmm. uh, girls. Uh, I can't say a whole lot just because I've only seen like three episodes of Voyager at this point. Oh, uh, that's cool! So happy twenty fifth anniversary, Voyager! I know. Wow. <laughs> I what know. a jerk! Sorry, <laughs> sorry, I just said. Anywho, I but um, yeah. so I can understand that uh, the few episodes that I have seen, I've kind of found him more annoying than like attractive. So. Yep. Just kind of smarmy. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Full of himself. Yeah. Incredibly. He does even out, I think, later in the series, as someone who has now seen all of Voyager, I can say. Um, But for the longest time, I just didn't like Tom Paris because I just thought he was always the guy with the sarcastic reply. Um, Now, that's not to say that that he doesn't turn into a great character because I think he does and I think he has a great journey, but um, I just am not a huge Tom Paris fan. Uh, we we may have talked about this before, Bill, and I'm sorry if I don't remember because we have several conversations, and I'm sure this came up at some point, whether on the podcast or mm. not. I still wonder why the character's name wasn't Nicholas Locarno. It would have made perfect sense. Same actor, in prison for doing something wrong. It's just something that always perplexed me, and I don't know if Robbie's ever talked about it or if it's been something that's been discussed at length. My guess is they didn't want to pay the royalty to the writer who created the character. Ah, Okay. Um, so, so they wanted a Nick Locarno type. Yeah. Um, and then eventually said, oh, yeah, we could just get the guy who played Locarno. Okay. Um, now, that's just my opinion. I no. could be wrong. Okay. No, that would never it would make sense. No, no I'm never, I, I would never be wrong. No. Happens all the time. Spoiler alert. <laughs> so voicemail number two comes from our good friend, Ali Martinez. Um, and uh, Ali has uh, a lot to say about listening to Trek Geeks. Hey, Bill and Dan, it's Allie Martinez, better known as the 24-year-old Trekkie or T-Trekkie here. I am here to leave you a message on your episode number 00, the introductory episode. And while I know that this episode was not the very first Trek Geeks episode ever recorded, it's meant as the introduction to give people a little bit of a better idea of what Trek Geeks is about. 
And so you may be wondering why I've gone back and listened to the introductory episode. And that's because I'm going to start listening to Trek Geeks from the very beginning. I've heard lots of the episodes here and there, but want to get a, I want to get a better idea of uh, the show as a whole. So I'm starting back from the very beginning. And I'm excited to let you guys know what I think about the episodes. You'll probably hear a few more of these voicemails. And um, it's just... I'm super excited to be a part of your network, and so I want to go back and get a better, uh, a full view of what, full view, few li- full listen, I guess, <laughs> of what Trek Geeks is about, uh, and getting to know you guys better has been so great, and I honestly can't believe that I am now a part of Trek Geeks. For many of you that know, uh, Trek Geeks was the very first podcast I ever listened to, or the first Star Trek podcast, so... Now getting to say that I'm a part of the network is pretty, pretty cool. So uh, I'm excited to go through the the Trek Geeks completest journey that I'm going to start on. And uh, thank you to both of you for being such wonderful figures in the Star Trek community. I honestly cannot imagine it without you. And uh, I'm eager to let you guys know what I think about all your episodes. So um, thanks so much for always being there for me, being there for the Star Trek community, and just being all around amazing Star Trek fans. So uh, live long and prosper and trek on. So Haley, I don't know if this is uh, something that is diagnosable. But is there the potential that Allie could suffer an ill effect listening to that much of Dan's voice? <laughs> Watch it's yourself. It's a possibility. <laughs> That's what I thought. Um, That's what I, I mean, thought. but it's it's also a possibility she could suffer from listening to both of you for that long. Boom. Yeah, that's well, right. More likely Dan <laughs> is, is what I'm getting from you. Um, oh, we love Allie. She yes. is probably one of the brightest and most positive people in fandom. Um, mm-hmm. And by bright, I mean she shines brightly. Everything yes. she does is just so awesome. Um, and uh, Allie, wow. Well, you went all the way back to zero, zero. I'm, we're wishing you all the luck in the world, kid. We really are. She must really have nothing to do if she's scraping the bottom of the barrel and <laughs> listening to Trek Geeks all day. <laughs> and we I were her first fantastic. Star Trek podcast. <laughs> I, um, I, I've listened to us. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I got to tell you, she's got a heart of gold and she's got patience of a saint. If she's going to listen to 200 plus episodes of these two numb guys. Almost said it. <laughs> Numbskulls? Yeah, that's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, idiot. <laughs> um, Haley, we look forward to hearing about your journey. I noticed today we had another voicemail from you talking about the next episode, which we'll probably get to next week. Um, but this could be a recurring theme. What has Allie heard on Trek Geeks? Because I don't remember. <laughs> it's been five years. I don't remember a damn thing. So it'll help us, actually. Yeah. So she's helping us. She's documenting the the history of the Trek Geeks podcast. I get to see the book that's going to be written about this. It's going to be studied by by psychotherapists for ages. (laughs) (laughs) How to destroy a friendship in five years. (laughs) Just do a podcast. Yeah, yeah. that's it. God, this thing's not fixable. Dan, it's time for the news from treknews.net. Spanning the Alpha Quadrant. For all the news on all the Star Treks, yo. 
<laughs> that's the first time that's ever happened to me. I know. Dun, 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 dun. It's usually the other way around. It's TrekNews.net. Online at TrekNews.net. I'm just glad that for once you lost it during the Trek News theme. <laughs> that's twice. Because usually it's me. Um, it yeah. makes me happy. Dan, we don't really have any news this week, but we do have a very special announcement involving one of the people on this call. We actually do, and I'll give you a hint. It's not you, oh. Bill, oh. And, it's, oh. and it's not me. So oh. that narrows it really down. That, that narrows it really down. Yeah, great job. Wow. Okay. Go ahead, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, we want to officially welcome Haley to the Trek Geeks Network as she brings her own brand new podcast to, uh, to not to the airwaves, but to, to people's ears uh, called Science Station 2. Haley, welcome home because we are genuinely grateful and so proud to have you on board, um, even though Dan is an idiot. Well, yeah, he is. But <laughs> I am so excited to be here and uh, joining this great lineup of shows and uh, bringing science in all its capacity to our listeners because, you know, I know you guys have kind of delved into it a little bit, but there's nothing really just for that. And this is my avenue. It's my joy. It's uh, one of my passions. I really enjoy science in lots of different forms. So I'm really excited to talk about science in Star Trek and how it relates to Star Trek as well and how science can kind of how Star Trek can be used in our lives in science. It's it's so exciting to welcome you. We've been we've been talking about this and we've been kind of like poking at you for a, a while to do something. I got to say that your podcast is probably going to blind me with science, but that's another topic for another time. I just want to st- It's okay, Bill, wake up. Um I just want to say it, it's so great, you know, when we finally had the discussion and it became a reality and we've been we've been keeping things quiet for a while before we make this announcement when you came on to this episode to talk about strange other worlds. We are ecstatic. We are just so happy, and and like Bill said, welcome home. Thank you. It's it's exciting. It's um, you know, we've we've added a lot of shows in the last year. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, and I think the thing that that makes us the happiest is that each show is different than just two people talking about an episode in a series. Um, each of the shows that we have on the network brings a unique perspective to the table. And that's really what I think excites Dan and me the most yep. is that you're going to be talking about something that's not only your passion, but is actually relevant in the real world. Um, so it is completely the polar opposite of Trek Geeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it's going to be educational. Right. And we are and, anything but. Yeah, no. No, well, no, we teach people what not to do. I was going to say, we're a cautionary <laughs> tale at best. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it's it's exciting. We are looking forward to, you know, episode one. Um, at some point, we'll put out a sort of an episode zero as an introduction to sort of, you know, get people used to the idea that this podcast is coming. And um, we look forward to debuting that soon. So, so uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. No, no. Staff meeting. <laughs> yeah. This is what happens when you miss staff meetings, doctor. Oh, boom. Boom. Dan, as always, we want to thank our dear friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor here on the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. We could not be more proud for this special partnership we've had with them for nearly three years running now. 
Yeah, you said it, man. Ever since that first day we met them at STLV and saw their amazing line of pins for the very first time, we knew that that this was just a special group of people. Lou and John and the entire Fansets team are huge Star Trek fans, and they pour their heart and soul into every single pin they create. Every single one. And as always, they're hard at work to create the next batch of pins to add to your collection. They have already sold out of their second batch of the full-size Picard Delta and are excited to be taking pre-orders for their next batch of these beauties. And for those of you uh, waiting for new Women of Trek pins to add to your collection, you will not have to wait that long, my friends. On June 1st, that's a mere two and a half weeks away, the latest pins of this collection will be available. Jadzia Dax and Seven of Nine. Both of these pins capture the grace, the beauty, and the strength of these amazing female characters in Star Trek history, Bill. You know, the Women of Trek line of pins is really amazing, Dan. I can't wait to add these to my own collection. But before those come out, you can look forward to the newest Star Trek release on May 15th as Disco Spock and Emperor Giorgio join the ever-growing list of micro-crew pins. So... Is what I say every week. Do yourself a favor. Head on over to fansets.com. Put a bunch of pins and accessories into your cart. And uh, at checkout, enter the special code POPCULTURE. That's P-O-P-C-O-L-T-U-R-E in all capital letters with no spaces. That code is going to get you 15% off everything in your cart at fansets.com. Now, this bonus code will be available to use until Wednesday, May 20th, 2020. That's a lot of 20s. At midnight Eastern Daylight Time. Fansets. Our pin, wait, Bill, Bill, Bill. I have an incoming subspace message from our friends at Fansets, and it requires immediate release to all Terrans. You ready? I'm ready. All right, here we go. They have had an absolutely overwhelming number of fan requests to make the glitter versions of the Women of Trek pins available individually rather than a re-release with no glitter. Uh, so they made a decision. As always, they want to serve their loyal customers as best they can. Therefore, they're going to be offering the glitter versions of the Women of Trek pins individually, all of them except the Borg Queen and Eve Keeler, and that's because they are exclusive to buying the full set. So people have been asking for it. Fansets listens to their their uh, customers, and I think that's a great decision. You know, it really is. The number of requests they've had have just been staggering. Um, we were talking about it with them today, and um, I'm... I'm st- I'm amazed that people love the glitter that much. Uh, I'm happy that people love the glitter that much. I'm wearing a bunch of it right now. You are. I know. And um, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. I'm sorry. But you know, it's it's. I totally understand why those the Borg Queen and the Edith Keeler pin are going to remain the only glitterized ones uh, in the set, and then the non glitters, you know, outside of that because of you know what they released previously. So going forward, all glitter. I think that's awesome. It is fantastic. Fansets. Our pins have character. And we thank our friends at Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of Trek Geeks. Well, here we are, Dan and Haley. We're going to talk about Star Trek and pop culture, a concept we kind of call strange other worlds, because places you don't necessarily expect that people are going to talk about Star Trek. Um, and it happens all the time. You know, there are entire pages on Memory Alpha dedicated to Star Trek references in other productions. And I only discovered that today. Um, I'm stunned by what they've documented, but it helped me realize that it happens a lot more than I thought it does, Dan. 
Yeah, it absolutely does. Like I said, you can barely turn on a television show and you're not going to get some reference. You're not even even if it's something like I always do. I talked about this earlier. There's a character. There's an actor on a particular show. Oh, that person was in TNG or that person was in Deep Space Nine. Star Trek is everywhere in the universe, as kind of weird as that sounds. And it is so cemented in our culture that it is showing up on all kinds of other shows and movies uh, as a result of its popularity. And and it's great to see these references. And there were some that when I was looking through that list that you showed me today, never even heard of. But <laughs> they're out there, and it's really something. You just got to get out a little more, Dan. Well, well, we're in quarantine. <laughs> There's even a Star Trek <laughs> reference in The Office, believe it or not, in one of the early I, episodes. All right. Um, you'd know that if you'd watched it. Haley, um, you're two for two on suggesting awesome topics for Trek geeks. Um, what was it that that made you want to to examine this topic in particular? So it really just was uh, me going back and watching Gilmore Girls again for probably like the third time. <laughs> and I was like, oh, hey, look, a Star Trek reference. Oh, hey, look. And then uh, I was watching Bones again, and there's some in Bones. And then, you know, we've started watching some lovely TGIF shows and introducing my kid to that stuff. And there was references in those. And I haven't watched those shows since they were on in the 90s. So (laughs) it's been forever. And so I was like, this is really cool. What other avenues and what other shows Outside of, you know, like Big Bang Theory, we know there's tons in that. What other shows throughout television have made, have the characters made references to Star Trek? And have there been actors who were in Star Trek on something else? And so that's kind of where this stemmed from. And I'm really excited. Uh, I am too. I'm looking forward to this. I It was great to go back and watch some of these other references in context of, of where they appeared. Um, and some of them, it wasn't so great, which I'll talk about later. Um, but uh, I imagine that everybody has their own favorite occurrences of Star Trek popping up in pop culture. Um, much like our tear jerkers list a couple of weeks ago, this is by no means a definitive list of Star Trek appearing in other media or being referenced in other media. Everybody's going to have their own favorites in IDIC. Um, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have one that you love that we didn't cover, let us know either on social media or an email, but we're going to talk about some of our favorites this particular podcast episode. Dan, you mm. drew the short straw. Well, so do you have a, um, a particular one that comes to mind right off the top of your head to go first? Well, yeah, uh, and normally we would like the guests to go first, but whatever, Bill, that's okay. Um, I did draw the shorts. You were you, you were sulking, so <laughs> I I thought I would make you happy because Haley is always cheerful. I was You're actually, kind of a jerk. I was researching. Just one more thing that I wanted oh, to good, add to my list. Good, no, you did pre-show uh, <laughs> research. Yeah. <laughs> Haley Haley mentioned it a moment ago, and I got to say, it's my biggest one, and that's Big Bang Theory. That show puts. People like us, the geeks of the world, on a map. And and I'm proud of that show because of it. And all of the things in that show, the show is so funny to me and it hits it hits home on so many levels. And there are just references everywhere. I mean, God, how many Star Trek actors have been on? LeVar Burton and Brent Spiner, uh, William Shatner, 
Um, yes, Will Wheaton, <laughs> George Takei. I mean, the list just goes on and on, and and it's been great to see them all. The Gorn has been on a couple of times. Leonard Nimoy's voice um, for for little toy Spock was in there. Just fantastic. But I got to say, the thing that I love the most about Big Bang Theory and all of the Star Trek references is there's one particular episode where they are going to a convention <laughs> and they are all dressed up like next gen crew. And I'll tell you what. Sheldon is the perfect representation of data. It is great. They stop at the, at uh, the, at the rock formation out in the desert and where their car gets stolen, but that is perfect. And then they go to a diner to try to get help. And somebody goes, why don't you just have Scotty beam you up? And Sheldon's not even laughing. He goes, yeah, that's TOS. We're next generation. So jokes on you. I mean, it's just, it's just fantastic humor and such a great Star Trek reference. So that's my, that's my all time number one. Is Big Bang gotta be? My wife saw that that episode recently, the one where they're stranded in their TNG uniforms in the desert on their way to Bakersfield, and um, she had no idea that that even existed. And so we <laughs> sat there and we watched the rest of it. And she's like, "They look really good." I'm like, "Yeah, that's what happens when you're on the network, you know, where the Star Trek rights holder right. happens." The to uniforms exist. that they wore for that Big Bang episode were actual uniforms from TNG, and they're like three thousand dollars a pop. So yeah. Wow, and and they got to wear actual uniforms from. Yep. Wow, I I want to go. I want to go wear those uniforms now. <laughs> uh, Haley, obviously, that's an episode you've seen. Um, yes. Uh, do you have other favorite moments from Big Bang Theory? Um, no, and I purposely left Big Bang Theory off my list because I knew somebody would mention it, and simply because so many people know about it, I was looking more for the obscure ones that maybe people don't know of or, because it's been so long, don't remember. So I will say the thing that kicked this off for me was I decided to randomly show my daughter an old movie featuring Dan Aykroyd in a cone head. That's right. <laughs> cone heads. <laughs> yep. Great <laughs> and opening. In that scene. movie, uh, when their ship is coming down and you're at the Air Force base, on the TV screen, they're watching TOS Arena. <laughs> yep. And that's what started this whole idea of like, oh. Well, how many other things have Star Trek in them? And so that's kind of where I'm coming from is these like obscure ones that people either don't know about because they never watched whatever it is, or it's been so long that they didn't realize maybe at the time, hey, they wait, they mentioned Star Trek in that? <laughs> All right. T- totally. I mean, I, I totally understand that. I mean, um, I have long forgotten about Coneheads. I mean, I as far as the SNL movies go, it's largely forgettable. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are so many great moments in that. And it's probably one of the the few Dan Aykroyd movies that I've actually watched repeatedly. But you're right. I mean, there they are watching Arena. And uh, it, it's a great, great moment. I I love it. Um, Dan, what, uh, you've got to be a big Coneheads fan because you kind of look like them. You, well, I may look like them, but I've never been. I never was a big fan of the Conehead skits on Saturday Night Live. To be really? With you. I, I never really got into it. But I will say. Um, that's another one that I didn't watch on my own. It was just one that happened to be on the video store television one day when I was working back in the day when I worked at Maine Dunstable Video. And um, I, I, it's it's one of those moments where you're watching it and then Arena's on. And as a Star Trek fan, I'm like, oh, my God, that's Arena. And you start like getting all excited and watching it even more closely as to what's going on. So I was like, that's good. I'm I'm so glad that you brought that up as your first one, Haley, because it's it's a perfect example of – 
of culture showing up where you least expect it. I, exactly. I, I agree with you 100%. Speaking of where you least expect it, I mean, obviously, people know who Ben Stiller is. They know that his production company, Red Hour Productions, is named after Return of the Archons. He's a diehard Star Trek fan. And Zoolander, you get uh, Will Ferrell playing Magatu, um, mm-hmm. the, the fashion designer. But there's a really subtle Star Trek reference in Tropic Thunder that I've always loved. And Dan, um, it's probably one that you love too, knowing how much of a Mirror Universe fanboy you are. Um, ben Stiller's character in Tropic Thunder, Tug Speedman, has a tattoo on his bicep of the Mirror Universe symbol. The the earth with the dagger through it. And of course, here they are in this movie, you know, where they're uh, shooting this war scene. Of course, he looks like this grizzled war veteran and he's got the tattoos. And instead of like, you know, some of the stereotypical tattoos that you might see in other Mm -hmm. movies. Yeah, he's got the mirror universe emblem. That's awesome. I did not know that. I've only seen that movie once, to be honest with you. Oh, so funny. I know it was very funny, but for some reason, I've just never, I'm the type of person that I'll watch a movie a thousand times if I like it. And I do like that movie. I just never watched it again. That's what reignited uh, Downey Jr.'s career, in my opinion, before Iron Man. Yep. And uh, yeah, that's a great, that's, that's one that you, I did not expect to hear about. It's incredibly subtle. I mean, they don't call it out at all, but. When you see it, it is unmistakable what it is. That's and great. then to know, you know, Ben Stiller's history as a Star Trek fan, um, it's just all I can do is smile from ear to ear. Um, <laughs> it's probably one of my favorite moments, Haley. So that's awesome. Um, so uh, I guess uh, that takes us back to Dan. We're just sort of <laughs> round robining and and talking about moments we love. Um, Dan, what do you do? You have another one you want to bring up? Yeah, this is uh, the, uh, all of the other ones that I chose are kind of. Are kind of subtle, uh, not so subtle that it's like wow, but definitely not Big Bang Theory in your face. Your face is subtle. I knew. See, that was perfect. That was a face comment, and then a your face. So thank you for that. You're welcome. Um, I love this movie. Um, it, it it reminds me a little bit of Hunt for Red October, but it but it isn't it basically the only thing is because it's got a submarine in it, and that's Crimson Tide, and. It's just a great Star Trek reference. Vossler, who's the radio guy, the radio's broken, and and to prevent a what um, is called what Denzel Washington's character uh, Hunter says to prevent a nuclear holocaust, this guy has to fix the radio, and he says, "Hey, did you ever watch Star Trek?" And the guy's like, "Yeah, yeah," and he goes, "You know that ep- that episode where Kirk is fighting the Klingons? That episode? Okay, that was a little uh, uh, funny. There is fighting the Klingons, and he calls up to Scotty that he needs more wops, warp, warp speed, warp speed. Well, I'm Captain Kirk, and you're Scotty. He says, he says to Vossler, and I need more warp power. If you can't get this radio fixed, a billion people are gonna die. I know that's a crappy situation that I put you in, but you're in it. So, Scotty, I need more power. And then later on, throughout the rest of the movie, he calls this guy scotty all the time so i think it's great that scotty basically prevented a war when you think about it one of the things i wish we had seen um and and you guys can can tell me whether or not you agree i wish we'd seen denzel in star trek at some point because i think oh, that would have yeah. been amazing that would yeah have been very amazing that would have yeah. been really cool i i enjoyed this movie and i do remember that reference it's been a while since i've seen it but uh yeah that i do remember like oh that's so cool yeah no. i mean the, the rest of the movie pretty tony scott i mean oh yeah it's, it seems wholly implausible yep. i'm sure that as i've never served on a submarine but i'm sure that anyone who has would look at that and go come on yeah oh, but absolutely those elements are just they're gold those elements are so gold they made the 30th anniversary tribute to star trek oh nice um and in that telecast that went out and where they talk specifically about star trek and pop culture which i thought was fantastic 
I gotta say, Gene Hackman is 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 an actor that is just he's been in so much stuff and he's famous for so many things. Of all the movies I've seen with Gene Hackman, I think this is my favorite performance of his in Crimson Tide. I really do. I just love the way that he is as his captain. And he's like off the deep end. And then in a split second, he's just like, so let's talk about those horses again. And he's got a cigarette or a cigar in his mouth. I just love his uh, portrayal of the captain in this movie. No, they're uh, Lippins or Stallions. I know. Well, I didn't know if you were going to be able to remember the line. So thank you. I like that. And they're, they're, they're black. They're not white. <laughs> or they're white, not black. One or the other. I'm that up. <laughs> I love that Denzel gets the upper hand in that movie. Yeah. And essentially just smacks him right down. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. It's one of those classic movies, a situation where the bad guy isn't necessarily bad. He's just trying to do his version of right. Yes. Mm-hmm. In that situation. I think that that actually speaks a lot to Star Trek as well. Absolutely. So um, Haley, that brings us back to you. Yes. And uh, and uh, and another example you might have of some of your favorite uh, Star Trek and pop culture moments. So as I mentioned, uh, I watched Gilmore Girls and surprisingly, there is a lot uh, so far. I'm I'm in my rewatch currently still. So uh, we get Star Trek mentioned quite a bit early on. Um, Luke, Luke's diner. Luke is a Trekkie and Lorelai makes fun of him for it. Uh, in season four, Lorelai is dating Jason and he's a Trekkie and he talks about it. But then we get, I love this reference recently. So in season six, episode one, Emily Gilmore, who's hoity toity. If you've watched Gilmore Girls, you know her character pretty well. She says to Rory, we're just a push button away like Star Trek. Cause Rory's living in their, uh, like their pool house or whatever and they have like the little intercom system and it's just like you just wouldn't expect her to say that because it's emily gilmore (laughs) i'm on deck five by my quarters (laughs) but uh and then there's one more and it's a couple episodes later it's called the ungraduate and lorelei and luke are having a conversation and she said I'd have to leave now and pick up some dilithium crystals on the way to fix my warp drive, fix the warp drive in my Jeep. And Luke responds, um, and he's talking, and then he goes and points for the dilithium crystal reference. Nice. That's pretty awesome. Um, I've never seen Gilmore Girls. I I know the premise. Mm -hmm. Um, I like most of the cast. It was just never a show I caught up to. But to know that there's Star Trek references and that level of detail makes me happy. Um, Yeah. I I love hearing stuff like that. It's it's pretty fun. <laughs> I, um, like early on, Lorelai, when she finds out that Luke was a Trekkie, she's like, oh, you were a Trekkie. And like she just teases him about it. And like, you know, did other kids make fun of you? Were you that nerd kid at school? Kind of stuff like that, you know. And yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I, um, I have to say that, like, Bill, I've never seen one second of the Gilmore Girls. I'm sorry to say, because people say that it's really good. I have, however, seen the exterior house that they would film from because that was part of the universal tour, uh, the tour at Disney's Hollywood studios before they closed it. So I do have some kind of connection to the Gilmore girls, just not really anything that is important. Thanks for bringing that up and making it about you. That was awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, I don't, um, I don't think we can talk about uh, movie references in Star Trek without talking about probably one of my favorites of all time. And, I'm sure Dan may have gotten to this before I did, but I just happened to bring it up now. And that's got to be the scene at the Orange Bowl in Ace Ventura, Pet Detective. 
um, because I feel like every chance they get to have Jim Carrey talk like Captain Kirk, they're going to do it. Um, you know, and he's he's looking for clues for the this the uh, the theft of Snowflake, the dolphin, if memory mm-hmm. serves, the mascot of the Miami Dolphins professional football team. Spoiler alert: the Miami Dolphins do not have a dolphin. Um, <laughs> but you know, he gets starts into the captain's log, start eight. 23.9 ran off the nearest decimal point. We travel back in time saving ancient species from total annihilation. So far, there are no signs of aquatic life, but I'm going to find it. If I have to tear this universe another black hole, I'm going to find it. I've got to, mister! I sat there in the theater with my sister when this movie came out. I had tears streaming down my face and she's sitting there going, what the hell is wrong with me? <laughs> that is such a great scene. I, it's, it speaks to me, my inner Star Trek fan, my inner Shat fan. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it is, it is one of the classic moments of that movie. Uh, aside from the fact the whole opening scene where he's kicking the package down the sidewalk <laughs> had me rolling. Yep. I had tears streaming on my face. My sister goes, are you drunk? <laughs> no, no, I'm not. So, um, so that, uh, that Dan, I, I'm sure I must've been on your list somewhere and I'm sorry if I stole it. No, you didn't steal it all. I'm glad that you brought that one up. He, it is hilarious. He's so good. And he does it in Ace Ventura, two, Ace Ventura two, when he's, uh, on the plane. He's like, there's something on the wing, some thing. Yeah, so I mean, you cannot have a uh, a Jim Carrey movie without some kind of Star Trek uh, William Shatner impersonation. That's a great pick, and you're absolutely right. When I this, that movie is so stupid, but it is so hilarious. Is. And that opening scene with the HDS uh, instead of UPS, and then the the um, and he does bones. He does a bones impersonation when oh, he's yeah. in the tank too. Yeah. So, oh yeah, that's a great pick, Haley. What do you think about that one? I never saw those movies, so I know. Oh, see, sorry, I didn't Bill. make the face. Bill made the face. <laughs> you, you, you're gone from the network, lady. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to talk about what just happened on camera. <laughs> no, I kid. I kid. Yes. Well, it, and that's the beautiful thing about Star Trek references in pop culture is you know not every pop culture reference is for everybody right Mm -hmm. um i just happen to love stupid comedies um and dan happens to too and i think i've seen ace ventura at least 30 times oh yeah it's awesome i love it that's why it's not as good but it's still good that's why i call dan mr winky so uh moving on (laughs) (laughs) i forget whose turn it is i think it's dan's i don't know no Um, uh, is it i don't know oh we'll let Haley go yeah go ahead Haley. (laughs) why not so uh, I will I will mention a movie uh, just because I enjoy this movie. It is my favorite Muppet movie ever. It is Muppet Treasure Island. And when they're about to leave, Gonzo says, sailing over the seven seas on a five-year mission, boldly going where no man has gone before. Wow. Nice. Yeah. I and love it. I, I love that movie. I just love that movie. Tim Curry's in it. It's just my favorite. But uh, we watched it. I don't know. It's been a while. But I was like, oh, Gonzo said five-year mission. <laughs> rewind. <laughs> Hit the rewind button. What did he say? <laughs> did Gonzo also have a farkism? No. Thank God. Because no. <laughs> he knows who to call. Um, you know what's funny is, is Bill, I think you know how much I love the Muppets. Yeah, love absolutely. the Muppets. Growing up, watch the Muppet Show. Rainbow Connection. And I love that movie. I actually did a solo and chorus when I was in elementary school of the Rainbow Connection. And it's something I've always remembered. I, I have that. never seen any other Muppet movie besides the Muppet movie. 
Not <gasps> even Muppet Christmas Carol. Can you believe that? That's just a travesty right there. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You are missing out. I know. Muppets Take Manhattan is pretty but I, great. But I Muppet say, Treasure Island is awesome. I got to say, maybe this is just, maybe it's just me and my weirdness, but it's like with the Bugs Bunny stuff. Now that Jim Henson's gone and, you know, the same for, for the Bugs Bunny characters with Mel Blanc, I can't get used to the voice of Kermit not being the right Kermit. Um, so that's why I would offer my services to be Kermit the Frog to anyone who wants to film me. Uh, so, so wait, so wait, so wait. You'll only watch the Muppets if you're doing the voice? No, that's that's uh, that's what you just said. That's, that's what your you interpretation of what I said. <laughs> I will say though, if if you I should hope. see the movie that came out a few years ago, sort of rebooted the Muppets. The remake? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not even a remake. It's its own standalone movie called The Muppets. Yeah. Um, it's got Jason mm-hmm. Siegel from uh, How yep. I Met Your Mother. Yep. Um, it is it is actually quite fantastic. Okay. I I was very skeptical, and I came out loving that movie. Okay. Yeah, right. uh, those Lot- ones uh, those ones were good. Definitely. Lots of callbacks. Mm-hmm. I'll have to check them out. So, Dan, I, I think I, I did go slightly out of order, but we're back yeah, to you. That was my problem. My yeah, fault. jerk. Sorry. So this is a very – this is just someone guest starring in something that took me forever to figure out who it was and why I knew him and why his voice was familiar. And, Bill, you know that – or I should say, Bill, I know that you're not a big Patrick Swayze fan. I think that, that's that's true. That's yeah, true. Very safe to say. My all-time favorite – miniseries on television is north and south i like it i love it better than any of the other roots is considered the best ever i love north and south more i just absolutely love it you know backstairs at the white house is another one that's supposed to be awesome i just i just love north and south so in this movie took place uh in the uh, or it came out in the 80s patrick swayze's love interest was um a woman by the name of madeline fabre and she was played by Leslie Ann Down, very beautiful woman, great actress, and and I really uh, I really loved her character. Well, later on in that movie, her father, or in the miniseries, I should say, her father shows up, and I'm listening to the voice. And I'm like, oh my god, the voice is just so familiar, and the face is just so familiar. But there's something different about it. It turns out this actor's name, and I'm going to screw up the last name pronunciation because that's what I do. Lee Berger or Lee Berger, one or the other. And he played President Abraham Lincoln in The Savage Curtain. And when I realized who it was, it's one of those moments like when the Enterprise swooped in in front of the Discovery at the end of season one. I was flipping out when I realized who it was because you didn't have a lot of Star Trek back then. When North and South came came out, I don't even think that TNG had been released yet or it had just come out i forget what year it was but it's like oh my god i know this guy from star trek and i am so happy and excited i don't know what to do with myself isn't that the same miniseries where jonathan frakes met Jeannie francis it absolutely is yep absolutely and also uh the guy who played um patrick swayze's best friend um his best friend's name was um george hazard was james reed who was in the two-parter voyager um workforce workforce yeah so a lot of star trek connections in that yep yeah. That's that's really interesting. I don't think I realized that. It's been ages since I saw North and South. I never saw North and South book two. I got all of them on DVD if you want to borrow them. Do you really? Yeah. When it came out on DVD, I flipped out and like bought it as fast as I could. I'm learning yeah. so much here, Haley. <laughs> I know. So Are am you? I. Yeah. I can sing the theme to it right now, but it, it's Spotify. No, you couldn't Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Thank and, and, the and maker. please don't. 
Yeah. Well, I should say sing it. It's because there's no lyrics. It's just all musical. You made lyrics for the Voyager theme. Why would North <laughs> and South be any different? That's true. I'm working on the Fall Guy too, by the way. Hey, hey, hey. So yeah, that's a kind of a small reference, but it's one that's an important one to me. Okay. That's yeah. that's that's really great. I I'm yeah. glad that 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 gives you that kind of reaction. And oh, like there's more. The sa- oh yeah, and like in the Savage Curtain, his character uh, uh, Nicholas Fabre, he dies too. So yeah, <laughs> two for two in shows that I've seen. Help no me, James. Kirk. Stay back. Help me, Kirk. <sighs> now can oh, you cry like Lincoln? <laughs> <laughs> You're going backwards. That's good. yeah. I, I know. So um. <laughs> Well, the North and South. Now I can I can add that to the list. I I got to look that one up now. Um, <laughs> one I don't have to look up because it is immediately fresh in my mind. I'm going to go back to another Ben Stiller reference, and it, for me, it's probably the only funny part of the Cable Guy. It's a it's a black comedy that came out in the mid '90s yep. with Jim Carrey and Ben Stiller. Um, wow, it's it's interesting. I've I've two Jim Carrey, two Jim Carrey, and two Ben Stiller references in the same thing. I didn't even try that. Um, and it's the fight scene at Medieval Times where Jim Carrey's character immediately starts going through the combat music from a muck time. Um, I laughed at that so hard that I hurt myself when I watched it on pay-per-view. And now in the 90s, that was a big deal because you know I had satellite TV. I'm like, oh, I can pay-per-view? Click. That's happening. And uh, I laughed so hard. The people in the room looking at me like, dude, that's not that funny. I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> This music is iconic. This music, when people hear it instantly, they know it's a fight. And they're like, what are you talking about? And so I had to dig out my my VHS copy of Amok Time and show it to them. They're like, this sucks. I'm like, get out of my house. Get out of my yeah. house. I don't need that kind of negativity in my life, Haley. Definitely That's all I'm not. Saying. That's all I'm saying. You got so, me. Oh, don't I know it. So, um, so as as somebody who has previously done a lot of talking about the original series, Haley, I can imagine that the fight music from Amok Time must just ring in your head every now and then for no reason. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know about you, but I'm laughing at Dan going... Dun, 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 dun. Ghost Bach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, we can't Vulcan for is it? Where is it? I think between that and uh, the uh, Klingon theme... Like that's, yeah. that's just kind of ingrained in me. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. I have to agree with you there. So that's, I will, go ahead. I will, let, let me jump in real quick if I could. I will say you're absolutely right. Jim Carrey is somebody who I've liked watching a lot of his movies. That movie's terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, it's not I'm, great. I'm not, that lisp that he has drives me insane in that movie. So that one, that is a standout moment in the movie, but otherwise. It's like the only standout moment. Yeah, it really is. Yep. So, you know, you, like that's when he was like at his at his one of his one of his heights because he's had a couple You're like, oh, my God, Jim Carrey's coming out with a comedy about the cable guy. This is going to be awesome. And I'm like. Nope. Yeah, I didn't see that one either. It's nah, it's a very dark comedy. It's not mm-hmm. supposed to be laugh out loud funny. Yeah, um, I, I it's OK now to watch, um, but I don't think I've now watched it in a, in a decade or more. Yeah. And that's only because it was on cable and the remote was too far away. <laughs> cable guy. <laughs> right. That was before I got rid of cable. So, Haley, it's up to you to save us. All right. So uh, I'm going to pull in another show that uh, I absolutely love. It's a genre that I really, truly enjoy. There's lots of different ones, so I'm going to lay them all out for you. Bones. Yes. And uh, in season one, 
very first season, episode 12, it's the uh, superhero in the alley. Hodgins, uh, he says Star Trek when uh, they're talking about comics and graphic novels because he figures Dr. Addy being Dr. Addy would have read graphic novels. And he's like, you've never read any graphic novel Star Trek. And Dr. Addy's like, no, I just don't have time for that. Like just kind of a brat about it. (laughs) And then uh, in season two, episode eight, we have the woman in the sand and Hodgins again says, dude, you're a Vulcan and a dull Vulcan at that. (laughs) <laughs> to Dr. Addy. <laughs> That's not Season 8, nice. episode 23, no. we've got the pathos in the pathogens. Uh, Kenneth Mitchell guest starred in this episode. Nice. That's right. Uh, we've also got uh, season 9, episode 15, the heiress in the hill. Uh, Robert Picardo guests in this. Uh-huh. And Dr. Lance Sweets goes to a convention dressed as a red shirt. <laughs> that's pretty awesome and then finally we've got this last one uh season 11 episode 5 it's the resurrection and the remains the planet vulcan is mentioned in this episode so there you go i was that's like pretty- ah hey all right that's a it says that the writing staff there is pretty well entrenched in track that makes me it makes me kind of happy to see the influence it's had even though mm-hmm. i've never watched bones a second in my life I crime genre stuff is my favorite. Uh, I really, truly enjoyed this one because there was a lot of really great moments to it. Um, And I like the hodgepodge of the characters because they're all pretty egotistical in their own way. And you would think that they would just clash all the time, but then they work together really well. Uh, And there's some really great humor moments and some great growth moments and stuff like that. It's got um, Emily Deschanel Mm -hmm. and... uh, David Boreanaz. Boreanaz, yeah. Yep. yeah. I actually just finished uh, binging a different David Boreanaz series, SEAL Team on CBS. Mm. Um, so that's just non sequitur, but but there it is. I know, right? Wow. It's fancy words. I, I don't know what you're talking about. No, it's not a news for you, Dan. So Dan, <laughs> since you opened your mouth, it must be your turn to go. Sure. This is a quick one. I'm going to save my my lengthier one from my last one. Hopefully oh, nobody good else for you. Steal yeah. It. yeah. Um, this is a simple one because it's just the fact that it was one of his last performances, if I remember correctly. And that's the Transformers movies. Love them or hate them. I like the first one a lot. I really haven't watched the other ones many times. But Transformers Dark of the Moon the villain Sentinel Prime is voiced by the late great Leonard Nimoy. And that is great. And it's when he's older. So he's got that graveliness to his voice, which mm. really makes him stand out. And he actually did a phenomenal job uh, portraying Sentinel Prime. And at one point, he actually says the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few when he's fighting. So I thought that I think that's a great Star Trek reference and having a Star Trek great himself be part of it just makes it all that more important to me. I had no idea. I mean, I've only seen the first of the Transformers movies. Um, I largely didn't see any others, although Dan, you and I have sat in Optimus Prime. Yes, we have um, the actual one. Absolutely. Paramount Pictures. And um, that's really kind of cool that he does that because I had I had no I knew he was in or I know he voiced a a Transformer in that movie. I just didn't know that he even went into the full needs of the few needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. Uh, type deal. Um, that's and now it makes me miss Leonard even more. Yeah, yeah. and you brought up the, you saw the first Transformers when Bumblebee is trying to communicate with the kid for the first time. One of the things because he can't talk, so he uses the radio. Yeah, one of the things you hear is Uhura saying, "Hailing frequencies open," which is another great Star Trek reference. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at you yeah. adding yeah, value. Buzzing. Nice. <laughs> I 
I I think I'm going to have to go watch that movie now, as much as it's going to pay me to watch a Michael Bay movie. Did I say that out loud? <laughs> wow. Oops. Wow. Well, Dan, uh, as you know, this past weekend, I had the great pleasure to do a live stream with our friends, Kaylee and Jay from Science Division. And we talked all about their brand new product, which I just love, the world's first interactive triple. <laughs> we discussed their entire journey from you know, the idea to create one through the design and building process and even their awesome videos, one of which actually features Kaylee as dad, which awesome. is really awesome. He plays Admiral Dunsell. Really nice callback right there. Response has been great so far. And people like me love their new triples. I've named mine Cecil. That's very cute. Thank you. You know, I'm just really sorry that I couldn't be there, man. But I'm I'm betting that you aren't. You weren't there? Sorry. Uh, See what I mean? I'm really sorry. You know, you're, you're right, though. The triples, they're incredible. I've said it before. You would think, Haley, that making such a dangerous thing would be frowned upon. But it's not. And you know why? Because triples are not dangerous. Wake up, Bill. Uh, they're soft. They make a pleasant sound, and they warn you when Klingons are near. Now you can purchase your very own officially licensed triple and actually control it with your iOS or Android phone. I mean, that is just cool. You can name your triple like Cecil um, or uh, Cyrano, which is the name of my triple, by the way. What a shock. Yeah, shocker. Um, they have an incredible app called Section K7, which is a great meld there. I'll let mm-hmm. you figure that out for yourself. Um, and you can even cho- choose what ship it's going to be assigned to, guys. Totally. And whether you use the app or not, your new Tribble will be such a great addition to your Trek collection. The Tribbles have three modes. There's at ease when they're sort of happy and content and, and purring. And there's on duty, which is a random mix of happy and angry sounds. And then there's Watchdog, where it's entirely possible they could have seen a Klingon. Now, the app also has an attack button, which makes your triple scream on demand at friends, family, coworkers, or even idiot podcast partners. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's no secret that we support small businesses, and Science Division fits the bill perfectly. Uh, your live stream with Jay and Kalia was so great, man, and it shows the love and dedication that people like them put into their small business. Plus, they are huge Trek fans, so you know that the product and the support you're going to get from them will be top-notch. Top-notch! Top-notch. And But the best part is is that the response from our listeners to the Trek Geeks Podcast Network has truly been so great that they're now offering a special $5 discount code for our listeners. So go on over to sciencediv.com to place your order. Now, normally, these beautiful go for $69.99, but if you enter the special code GEEKS at checkout, you'll get $5 off your triple adoption. Now, this offer code is valid until May 20th, 2020. I feel like I've said that once before tonight at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Science Division. Trouble's never been this fun. And we thank our friends at Science Division for sponsoring this week's episode. So I'm on record as not being a huge Seinfeld fan. Um, and my wife is doing a rewatch recently through the whole sort of self-quarantine thing, you know, social distancing. She's watched Seinfeld uh, a bunch of times. And she says, well, you know, each episode's only 20 minutes. I can power through the nine seasons. I'm like, great. Awesome. <laughs> and so she'd have it on occasionally, you know, while we're doing other stuff. And we got to an episode I hadn't seen before, which is season eight, episode one, The Foundation. Now, let me set the scene for you. The season finale, season seven, George's fiance Susan died because of toxic glue on the discount invitations that they ordered for their wedding. 
Yep. She was licking the glue. It poisoned her. She died. So now the beginning of this season sees George and Jerry and Susan's parents at the graveside um, to open the season. And, you know, Jerry, or the parents give George a moment to talk with Susan and Jerry and the parents step to the side. And Jerry says, well, you know, she's really not dead as long as we remember her. <laughs> and then he just starts quoting from Star Trek two and three in the very next scene. George asked us, what were you talking about? Oh, Kramer and I had just watched Star Trek 2 and 3 the night before, so I was just hitting him with Star Trek 2 quotes. <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. It and works. It works. And I, you know, I actually found myself laughing at that episode quite a bit. There's even a scene where George gets so frustrated that he throws his head up to a camera that's above him and screams, yeah. while the camera's spinning, um, which has become now one of the more iconic um, other right. references of Khan in pop culture. So um, not a Seinfeld fan, but this episode is, is pretty great. Kramer even drops a whole bunch of Star Trek three during his karate lessons in this episode. Um, but it's just, it's, it becomes a theme throughout the whole thing, the, the sort of storyline between two and three. So, so there you have it. Um, uh, in addition to seeing most of Seinfeld during this quarantine, I have seen that episode, which does make me happy, Dan. Well, that's good. Make you, you being happy makes everybody happy, Bill. Um, but no, it doesn't. Make what do you need? I, I do like. I do like. I I didn't remember that one at the grave where where he said she's really <laughs> not dead. That's hysterical. Um, I do remember the con one. Um, I don't remember the Kramer things when he's doing his karate lessons. What what lines is he saying? Do you recall? Oh, the, the top head? Uh, Elaine goes there to to essentially you know have an argument with him. They're talking about Katra. He's like, no, no, no. The Katra doesn't happen in Star Trek Two. That's in Star Trek Three. The search for Khan. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's great. You know, because Kramer's in a in a karate class with a bunch of kids. Yep. You know, he's yep. the oldest person there, and the kids sure. beat him up later in the episode toward the end. <laughs> of course, yep. in an alleyway. But um, but yeah, they the Katra gets dropped and the various you know themes from from Trek two and three you know the needs of the one the needs yep. of the many that kind of deal. It's funny that that Seinfeld has so many of those. Our friend Holly Amos posted something on Twitter the other night I think about a scene in start uh, in Seinfeld where someone was coming out of a out of a airport terminal or something, and Elaine is right there and he's got a Star Trek Deep Space Nine hat on. It's the parking garage. It's where they spend the okay. whole episode looking for a car that's lost in the parking garage, and a guy walks through the frame who's wearing a, a Star Trek production hat. Yeah, that's pretty hmm. cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a, one of those Easter eggy type things. So uh, yeah, yeah. So that's um. That's that's my latest entry, Haley. I, I leave it to you to uh, to maybe bring up another one if you want. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so uh, I don't know if you gentlemen watched this show. I I grew up watching it. Um, I've been enjoying watching it again. It is Perfect Strangers. That's right. I love it. it's so funny. Anyway, the humor in this is great, but there's a couple of uh, different things, and it's oddly it's Balky that talks about it. So in season two, episode 14, uh, it's called The Trouble in Paradise. Um, Balky and Cousin Larry work in this, I don't it's not like a pawn shop, but they work in this like general store where there's just tons of different things. Guy, their boss is awful, but they have Vulcan ears on sale. And so they mention these Vulcan ears that are in this little box on the counter for sale. And then in season three, episode 16, Just Desserts, <clears throat> and I will read these. Balky says, Enterprise? 
You mean I could meet Captain Kirk and Scotty? I'll have full power for you, Captain, but I need more dilithium crystals. And Cousin Larry says, no, no, no. That's the Starship Enterprise. Because I think they were getting a car from Enterprise or something. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Enterprise, they'll pick you up. Yes. <laughs> wow. Very well done. They didn't even pay for that ad. I'm just throwing that out there. But that's anyway, a- so yeah, so that's just been really fun uh, watching that. We're not quite done with it. My kids actually, she thought it was weird at first, and now she's like, can we watch that? I'm like, yes, we can. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, it's been a long time since I've watched Perfect yeah. Strangers. It's on Hulu, if you guys are interested. Oh, wow. Just so you I know. might have to dig that up. It, uh, that- you know, I forgot how funny it was, and... Granted, the storylines are mostly the same. Cousin Larry has some idea and he gets into trouble and Balky tries to get him out of it or talk him out of it. But it really is really just good, fun laugh. And in this time, I think we all just need good laughs. And so oh, that's, that's where true. I've been going is 90s television. Yep. If I need a good laugh, I just look at Dan's face. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, it's funny. I um. I I remember watching some Perfect Strangers. Sorry, Bill. When I was uh, younger, but I the thing I remember most about it has nothing to do with Perfect Strangers, and that's that the guy that played Balky showed up in Beverly Hills Cop. Uh, Serge, correctly, yeah, mm-hmm. Serge, yeah, yep. It's like the breast of a dog to scrub for the customer. It's not sexy. It's not sexy <laughs> <at all. laughs> he does accents so well. It's just oh, it's so funny. It's just great. Killing me, Davidson. <laughs> Sorry, just give me your next one. All right. Well, I got another another quick one before my uh, probably one of our last ones um, is going to be the long one, and that's um, I have anybody who knows me. I used to collect comic books when I was a kid, and Marvel. I don't like the DC comics as much. The Marvel universe of movies has become just like one of my favorite things ever. I absolutely love them, and I've been on a rewatch of all of them in order. They are just so good. Sometimes I'll watch a movie a couple of times before I move to the next one. And in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. When Steve Rogers is still getting used to being uh, awake in present day, he keeps a notebook of things to become familiar with. And one of them is Star Wars, and another one is Star Trek. And he has Star Trek crossed off the list. So he watched Star Trek before (laughs) Star Wars. And if I'm getting this backwards, I'm going to be really mad at myself. I'm gonna have to Google this now. <laughs> yeah, me too. I do I, um, like the Notebook. We've been we've been watching some of them and catching up on on some of them. And so uh, I was gonna mention Chloe. Uh, she had a friend over and they watched uh, Endgame and Infinity War. And uh, James Rhodes talks about he mentioned Star Trek as one of the things when they're talking about problems with time travel. Yeah. And. Uh, that's that's brought up like I don't know he's just naming all these different things a hot tub time machine Star Trek right. and you know all these different things <laughs> yep. so. and and I did get it wrong he's crossed off Star Wars so he hadn't seen Trek yet so now I hate Captain America <laughs> <laughs> so but, you're also telling me you hate freedom <laughs> no mm. I, I love Captain America and but I think it's great I mean he's got he's got things written down on that list like um, I love Lucy. Uh, great Star Trek uh, connection there. And Steve Jobs from Apple and Thai food. And he has Star Wars slash Trek as one line. And I think that's a great, a great little Easter egg in terms of the popularity of both franchises. Well, the mm-hmm. list actually is different depending on what country you've watched the movie in, too. So, really? yes. Oh, so, that's awesome. In, in, in some Spanish speaking countries, you get Shakira. 
You get uh, the first Mexican astronaut. Astronaut. You get uh, uh, Octavio Paz, the Nobel Prize winner. You get Thai food still. You get wow. uh, other stuff. In France, you get uh, France 98. You get Daft Punk. You get Fifth Element. All but Star, Star Wars slash Trek are still there in each that's one. That's amazing. That, Interesting. That's, that shows how, how great those writers did in putting those movies together. Yeah, because why would although why, why would Captain America bother himself with France? Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm kidding, France. We love you. <laughs> the two of you who listen there, thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> that takes it back to me. And speaking of France, that makes me think of international travel, something that's not happening a whole lot these days. But um, it is going to take me to a Tom Hanks movie. And of course, uh, Forrest Gump was on TV last night. But um, I'm thinking of The Terminal. Um, which is a fantastic Tom Hanks movie. Um, I don't think Tom Hanks has made a bad movie. True. That's just me because he's just so great. But um, Zoe Saldana's character in The Terminal is a diehard Trekkie. Um, and she has this uh, this romance uh, plot line that runs through it with Diego Luna from Rogue One, uh, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually at the end, you know, when she's essentially... Uh, you know, saying how she feels, she tosses up the, the Vulcan hand salute and, and talks all about her trekkiness. So it, it's a quick one. It's it's one of my favorites because, of course, Zoe goes on to play Uhura in the sure. JJ films. Um, but it just it makes me love that movie. And then, of course, Zoe's performance as Uhura even more. So that's kind of like my quick hit before the end. Um, what do you guys think of that one? That's I, I watched that movie. I was working at a movie theater, actually, when that came out. And so... Wow. Uh, I remember, I think I saw it just like broken up because I would go in on my breaks because I love Tom Hanks. I He's just, he's one of those actors that I just, so every movie I've seen of his, I just absolutely love. Yeah. I don't remember that because it's been a while since I've seen that one, but um, I will have to go back and watch it. But no, I think that's great. I love Tom Hanks. Like he's one of my favorite uh, people in Hollywood, right up there with Lance Reddick. No, <laughs> yeah. Awesome um, absolutely. I've never seen The Terminal. And I know that I have to, and I know mm-hmm. that I want to. I just haven't. Um, but I, I think I didn't know that that Zoe was in it uh, either. So that's an added bonus. So that'll be something I can look forward to when I see it. It's directed by Spielberg. You got Tom Hanks. You got Catherine Zeta Jones. You got Stanley Tucci. You got Zoe Saldana. Wow. You got Diego Luna. It's a great cast. Mm-hmm. All right. Definitely yeah. Check definitely. It out. Right. See, that's the other thing that's great about this episode is we're, we've been talking about things that are our favorites. And some of us have never seen those things, so now we have more things to add to our list. I'm going to put Terminal right up above the office and see that first. Of course you will, because you're a <laughs> jerk. I've been bugging him for my wife and I have been bugging him for years. And now what to watch I've the seen, office. I have enjoyed. I All just six episodes. Ah, well, hey, that's six more than uh, some other people. It took him three years to watch Step Brothers, and I actually bought the DVD and mailed it to him. Yeah, he did. <laughs> It still took me like another six months. <laughs> I know. Jerk. Oh, boy. <laughs> so um, I guess uh, we'll go for one more round if, if we got it in us. Um, sure. Haley, you can uh, you can kick off and, uh, and then we'll let Dan disappoint us and then I'll wrap it up. Sure. So uh, I will mention two little quick ones. Uh, Family Matters. Been uh, oh, yeah. introducing that to my kid. Uh, Steve says in um, the episode, season five, episode five, Money Out the Window, they've got uh, setting up Eddie and his friends decided to bet on uh, some uh, football or basketball games. It doesn't go well. 
guy comes over because he's he's the muscle for the <laughs> the bookie, and uh, he says his name's Bones, and Steve goes, "Oh, Bones," as in the Doctor on Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, it was not. It was not. No, not so. And much. here's an obscure one, courtesy of an episode that I recently watched because. My boyfriend likes this uh, particular show, Mystery Science Theater 3000, the nice. episode Pod People. Mm. Tom Servo says, wholly backing away from where no man has gone before. Nice. <laughs> nice. That sounds like something Tom Servo would say. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like something Dan Davidson would say, too, but that's just me. What? Yeah. Thanks for paying attention, buddy. <laughs> Glad you're on top of it, as always. <laughs> Um, I'm always paying attention. I'm sorry. What? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. That's it. No, that's a great <laughs> one. Of course, MST3K. I have to believe is rich with all kinds oh. of pop culture references. Mm-hmm. And it was just a matter of time before Star. I'm sure Star Trek is in there many times. Yeah, um, I'm sure it's in others. It's just we were watching it the other day. So yeah. <laughs> so Dan, that takes us to you for for your last go round. Yeah. Um, Try to sound excited. Yeah. I'm very excited. I'm just trying to contain my excitement. Yeah. I love, this is the best written television show in history. My opinion, and it's right. And that's Breaking Bad. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Lost. I was going to throw myself out a window. I didn't say my favorite series. I said the best written show. It It is amazing, the writing in Breaking Bad. And they bring Star Trek into. Uh, this series in a way that is just so great. And season five, episode nine, the episode is called Blood Money. And um, Badger and Skinny Peter sitting there in, on their couch having a conversation um, about a script that Badger wrote for an episode of Star Trek, which is just absolutely hilarious. He talks about that they're having a Tula Berry pie-eating contest and Pete's like, no, dude, Tula Berry's from the Gamma Quadrant? And he's like, no, dude, that's Voyager, which it isn't, but that's still kind of funny that they brought that in. Mm -hmm. So he changes it to Blueberry Pie instead. Um, Chekhov was being helped by... In this pie-eating contest is Chekhov, Kirk, and Spock, at least. There may have been more, but they focus on those three, of course. And it turns out that Everyone thinks that Spock is going to win, but Chekhov is just like killing everybody. Kirk goes down first, and Spock is getting frustrated. And it's because Scotty is actually helping Chekhov. Every time Chekhov eats some blueberry pie, Scotty beams the pie out of his stomach into space so he can just keep eating over and over. The problem is, and I'm going to say this, and it's a little sexist, but I got to do the actual quote. Um, Scotty gets distracted because a horror walks in. And is distracted by her, quote, pointies. And he accidentally <laughs> beams out Chekhov's inner organs into space by mistake. <laughs> that is hysterical in itself. But there's also an animation out online. There is. There is. Of, this, oh my. of, of the actual story being told from Breaking Bad with actual uh, animation. It is absolutely hilarious. Uh yeah, I absolutely love that to death. Well, they carry it through into the sequel movie El Camino <laughs> because it's Skinny do. Pete's house. You know, Badger and Skinny Pete are yep. playing there, sitting there playing Xbox or PlayStation or whatever. And behind them in the Huge. bookshelves, there are all this old Star Trek Columbia House VHS tapes. Yeah, and there's a uh, one of the uh, Playmates Excelsior. Mm-hmm. ships on the on the bottom shelf yep. so there's all kinds of star trek in skinny pete and badger's life right. and what would you expect two meth heads to do quite frankly 
And I got to tell you, yeah. if you have not heard it or seen the video, you got to check it out. It is hysterical. I love it. Absolutely it, love it. It really is. I am almost surprised you didn't bring it back to the future. Oh, and the, the I, you know, I was going to, but I, I wanted I, my list. I, I kept a shorter list. So, but yeah, that's a good one too. My, my last one is actually from Boston Legal, which of course starred oh. William Shatner. Lots of Star Trek. And there's an episode, I think it's in season two or three, where he and James Spader head up to Nemo Bay in Canada. And uh, they're, they're each, you know, in, a, in this hunting lodge. In a, they each have their own twin bed. They're in the same room. And um, Alan is reading a book on sea lice and explains to Denny that the lice are called Klingons. And, of uh. course, there's this great move by Shatner where he just sort of stops and looks up and goes, did you say Klingons? And it's just a great beat. You know, it's delivered perfectly as you would expect for Shatner. There are other minor references to Star Trek and Boston legal, like when Denny gets a flip phone. Um, <laughs> obviously, it becomes a communicator. Um, but that that little bit with the Klingons just really just warms my heart because it's Shatner and Klingons one more time. So nice. <laughs> That's nice. nice. Any uh, any final thoughts on, on Star Trek and pop culture um, from from either of the two of you? You know, I, I have to throw this last one in. So I know that uh, there was the article, Carlos Miranda wrote that article about, you know, the different references in Star Trek, uh, in Star Trek and other things. And uh, he mentioned Wayne's World and he mentioned some of them. But my favorite one is when Wayne says, it's a lot like Star Trek, the next generation. In many ways, it's superior, but will never be as recognized as the original. <laughs> if only he knew. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's it really is amazing that there's so much out there that has references. I mean, one that I could have brought up but didn't was just everybody. Well, horror fans know this. Michael Myers' mask is actually William Shatner's face, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Which is just which is incredible. Think about it, and it, it you really have to look to see it because I did alter it a little bit. But Star Trek is everywhere. It's in comedy. It's in drama. It's in horror. It's in everything in our lives and i think that goes to show one of the reasons why it's endured for over 50 years and i think being part of that family that we call our star trek family things like this make it all that much more enjoyable to uh to be part of it well i couldn't agree more you stated it perfectly so there's no reason for me to state it all i will say is haley thank you so much for joining us and for being part of this discussion for bringing us this idea and of course we look forward to you and science station two debuting soon ish on the trek geeks network uh where can people find you online well, thank you for having me, and it was so much fun uh, learning about different ones that I didn't know about, and I hope to find more as this goes on. Um, you can find me over on uh, Twitter. I am at Trekkie01D, and I will bring the science to you there. Uh, you can also find me in our awesome group on Facebook, Camp Kidmer. You will bring the science and the funk. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's because yeah. that's, that's just the way it's done in Camp Kidmer. And Dan, while we're at it thanking people, we should probably thank the band Five Year Mission, who, without whom this show would sound a whole lot more like you. Okay. Um, we use their music each and every episode. Of course, they now have a podcast on this very network. Dan, did you know it's called Five Year Mission, the podcast? I know. The, the brains behind that title are just awesome. I that's, know, That's right? fantastic. Congratulations on that. 
<laughs> did you just really congratulate me? Yeah, I did. <laughs> well, we want everyone to head on out to fiveyearmission.net. Get a copy of all their CDs, listen to their music, become huge fans just like we are, because we guarantee you're going to love them. That's pretty good. I love them. You love them. Everybody loves love them. them. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to be a lover too? Anyway, um, I, I, I don't know where that came from. It just popped in my head like most things do. Bill, we talked about it a little bit tonight and it's kind of amazing because i did not plan for that to happen but really the latest episode i watched wow it's a good one it's the ultimate test of good and evil it's the orange rock monster yarnek from excalbia and oh. he wants to learn which is stronger so he pits kirk spock president abraham lincoln that's from tonight's episode uh and soraka vulcan against the notorious genghis khan played by mike rittenhouse colonel green noah butler Kalis, the unforgettable, Patrick O'Connor, and Zora of Tiburon. Sorry, Chris, you get to play the woman in this episode. <laughs> it's an intense battle, but indeed, good wins in the end. Triumphs over evil. But it came at great cost. It's the season three spectacular, Bill. The Safark Curtain. Check what? it out. Watch it. Love it. And write a song about it, Five Year Mission, because that's the Sapphire Curtain. Mm-hmm. So who's Fark in this episode? Sapphire Curtain, everyone. FiveYearMission.net. <laughs> Download all their albums, year one, two, three, and four. <laughs> trouble, he's, trouble, Spock's he's Yarnek, so he's Farkneck, actually. Maybe that's what it could be. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, there you go. We got a double, and I, you didn't even write it. Right off a cuff, too, yeah. I'm the reason you got a double. <laughs> There you go. Thank you. I can't live with myself. Dan, of course, we want to remind everyone listening, you can support the Trek Geeks Podcast Network via Patreon. There you can see the new designs for both our annual supporters pin and our annual t-shirt for 2020, as well as get unedited audio of all of our podcasts, along with additional perks, Dan. Absolutely. And right now we want to take a moment to thank our associate producers on Trek Geeks. We are so grateful for their support. So thank you, Adam Sanders, Brandon Everidge, Heather Sohn, John Krikorian, Rick Tatro, Trey Womack, Sean Lynn, Tim Robertson, Tim Serdar, Vikram Bhatt, Greg Rozier, Andy Fark, Kimberly Francis, Ron Robel, Brooke Horton, Christina Werther, <sighs> Jim McMahon, Luke Burnham, <laughs> Eric Sakian, Lisa Tomlinson, Jamie McGregor, and the glorious and wonderful Conrad Hutchins. <laughs> it's kind of weird because this week my mic's on the other side of the desk, so I had to like turn my head in a different direction. I was waiting to see what you were going to do. <laughs> Dan, we also want to thank our Trek Geeks producers for their support. They are Ken Tripp, Casey Shafsky, Charlie Mulby, Chris Trebuzio, Craig Ewing, Eric Extreme, Jackie and Chris Hackney, Leonel Marchand, Matt McGonigal, Mike Bovia, Sean O'Halloran, Peter Craig, Ken Bird, Jamie Rogers, David Hood, Rachel Delaney, Kyle Castillo, William Edward M. Jr., Chaz Bradshaw, and the lovely and talented Jess Vashon. You too can become producers on the Trek Geeks Network, and it is so easy to do. Just head on over to patreon.com slash trekgeeks today for all the details. This is my first time reading all this with progressives. It's really messing with me. Fantastic. Thank you, Dan. Next week, we continue our celebration of Voyager 25 with a return to the fan favorite... And we also welcome a dear friend of the show for the very first time. These episodes are so much fun. We love every time we do them. I look forward to it just as much as our listeners do, Bill. So next week, it's time to tackle another season. Will we give the season more thumbs up or will we give them more thumbs down? And how will our friends at Camp Kittimer vote? Plus, as an added bonus, the one and only Ali Martinez, better known as 24-year-old Trekkie on Twitter, will be joining us to break it all down. 
It's Voyager Season 3. See it, see it, see it, see it. Or skip it, skip it, skip it. Next week on Trek Geeks, the flagship of the podcast network for your fandom. I uh, love see it or skip it. We're going to have fun next week and uh, and good times. So uh, despite the fact that you'll be there. Of course, for more great Star Trek discussion, please visit our other member podcast, the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. You can find them all, including where to listen, by visiting trekgeeks.com slash listen. And of course, for all the news on all the Star Trek CEO, please visit our great friends at treknews.net. For now, this has been episode number 218 of the Trek Geeks Podcast. We do hope you all live long and prosper. My name is Darth Vader. I am an extraterrestrial from the planet Coconut. Oh, you're from a planet, all right. Music for Trek Geeks is provided by Five Year Mission. They are writing one song for each episode of the original series. Download their music at fiveyearmission.net. Trek Geeks, a Star Trek podcast, is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producer Bill Smith. For even more Star Trek discussion, check out Discovering Trek, a Star Trek Discovery Companion, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and DiscoveringTrek.com. Bing bong! Wow. Bing bong! Bing to the bong! And why do you always add a to the in there? Why can't you just do, just do bing bong? Because bing, bing to the bong sounds like so 1991. Bing bong. Yes, it does. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> bing bong. <laughs> bing and, bong. How about, and that, what? what? How about F to the U? <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I don't have anything else to add. No, okay. you don't. But yeah, Haley's never. here. Hey, Haley. <laughs> I am here. Hey. <laughs> Hi, Haley. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. I feel excited. I feel like we just said hi to you. I know. Yeah, I know. We did. So weird. Oh. We must be caught caught in a temporal causality loop. Oh, very nice. Very nice. Wow. You're welcome. <laughs> it's stereo. Stereo. Oh, that was amazing. Your face is amazing. No, it's not. Oh, no, come on. Not. I thought it was going to be a compliment to start things right off, and it wasn't. So I'm going to talk about this as we uh, as we record the podcast today. So as you know, if one of the accidental occurrences of Star Trek and pop culture that I discovered was while my wife was rewatching Seinfeld. And I hate Seinfeld with a passion. <laughs> I largely don't laugh at Seinfeld because I think it is one of the least funny comedies ever produced. Now, I can't wait for the hate mail. I can't wait for the comments. Bill, how can you hate Seinfeld? It's very easy. It's just not my cup of tea. And it's- on the day that Jerry Stiller died. Wow, Bill. He was amazing. Jerry Stiller is a, <laughs> yes, is a, is a comedic dynamo. Yep. Um, he is actually in most of the episodes that I find the funniest, and there's less than 10. Right. You know, so, but I have to add to the list the one that I saw that references all the Star Trek. Um, and it kills me because I hate this show with a passion. <laughs> it, to me, it is the firefly of situation comedies. Wow. Yeah, although it ran for nine seasons, that's the biggest difference. People actually watched Seinfeld, whereas nobody actually watched Firefly. <laughs> Some people watched it. Uh, oh, right. The the ones who were disappointed when Fox canceled it after a season. Right, those people. <laughs> like Sheldon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Sheldon. All right, right, right. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. I can't wait to hear all the details about that, Bill. Seinfeld. I, it's funny because I was... Uh, I think I watched it when it was on, and and it was okay. It does not hold up well, in my opinion. Seinfeld? Yeah. It holds up far better than Friends does. 
Oh, I think both of those are are very dated, but I just <laughs> I just know that that uh, whenever Seinfeld's on, it's like wow, this just does not does not hold up good at all. Um, I, Friends on occasion almost seems homophobic. And that's I like I, that's kind of what sets Seinfeld a little ahead. Yeah. It's like mm. I almost can't watch Friends now. I mean, I have a hard time watching it anyway. Mm. Um, although it's this this hand is your hand. No, wait, that's my hand. By the way, this land is your land in the public domain. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> Spotify. Spotify. Yeah. Yeah, because we're not a Patreon anymore. You know. I I heard. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we're not. Well, we're on there, the Patreon we're part not of the recording, recording yeah. right now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never watched uh, Seinfeld. I kind of watched Friends. And then uh, when I returned to working at Old Navy uh, in the uh, mid-2010, I think it was 2011, uh, they had all the seasons on DVD. And for some reason, that was the only thing people would watch. We had other movies and stuff, so when people would go on break, they would watch Friends. And I'm like, oh, my God. And I would turn it off because I'm like, dudes. And usually it was always the same, like, same certain discs. And I'm like, please, stop. So you worked at Old Navy? It did. Were you ever in any for, of their commercials? Huh, no. Good. No, but dumb. you know, it's really, really funny. So I worked <laughs> for them for a total of five years altogether. I could spot in television shows something that was an Old Navy outfit. Oh, I was like, oh, oh wow. that shirt's at Old Navy. Oh, that wow. shirt's at Old Navy. Oh, that dress. Oh, like just general like television, you know, watching a show of something. I'd be like, oh, that's Old Navy. We, I kind of do that with the company we work for now. <laughs> um, when their technology appears on the wall because you know they do they do product placement sometimes you'll see it and it's unrelated to a scene but there's one of their time clocks on the wall in the background because it doesn't necessarily look like a time clock mm. um it almost looks like a security system of sorts so um but yeah yeah mm-hmm. actually that inside dan appreciate i that. always okay so you Haley has the old navy references you have our place of work and i always see if the actor's ever been in a star trek episode i do that all the time yeah, I do that. My wife can do that with Buffy in a heartbeat. Mm. It's like, she goes, oh, that guy was in Buffy. That was in this episode. Well, yeah, yes. But I mean, it's almost like she has an eidetic memory as far as that's concerned. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, I, I do it with Star Trek. She's like, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> okay. But when she does it with Buffy, she's like, yeah, rock on. <laughs> well, it, it is interesting. Yeah. You know, she now knows that Armin Shimmerman, obviously, yes. is. Mm-hmm. Big role in Star Trek Deep Space Nine at the same time he was doing Buffy, which is is pretty badass. El Principal. Thank you for that that lesson yeah. in Spanish. Yes. Idiot. I only I only say that because it was actually a movie called The Principal with um, Jim Belushi, and yes. somebody painted El Principal on his motorcycle, and that just popped into my head when you were talking about it. So, <laughs> you've seen this piece of crap. Oh, yeah. Well, I, dude, I worked at the video store for so many years. Yeah, absolutely. That's your excuse. Okay. Yep. Yep. I haven't watched it since I worked at the video store. So do the two of you have an all-time favorite TV comedy? Uh, I Nostalgia-wise, hmm. I got to say Three's Company. I just absolutely loved Ritter's physical comedy. And genius. it was a time when I was growing up and you had people like Suzanne Summers on and 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 um DeWitt and and them and, and I loved Mr. Furley and the Ropers were just hysterical to me. I never liked Larry very much, but all the other characters I really liked, I really loved. But I gotta say, all time favorite, I gotta say it's Big Bang Theory. I just really? love that show so much. It's on TBS almost every night for hours and 
85 to 90% of the nights that Sue and I are in the living room, we have Big Bang Theory on, regardless of how many times we've seen the episodes. Interesting. Haley, what about you? It's hard because there's shows that I wouldn't necessarily classify as comedy that I grew up watching, um, but they had humorous moments to them. Um, You know, I I will say, because we've been showing Chloe uh, the greatness that is late 80s early 90s television as of late. Uh, Young me that stayed up to watch uh, TGIF would definitely say Perfect Strangers. Okay. I can buy that. Um, Later me, I would probably say uh, Gilmore Girls. Oh, interesting. Was my jam. I really liked Gilmore Girls. Um, But I never really watched something that was just strictly just like comedy like based off of like just comedic stuff. If you had asked me a few years ago, I would have said the first three seasons of Arrested Development, the ones that were on Fox, because I think it's the best written comedy of all time, those first three seasons. However, for just flat out funny and rewatchability, I have to say for me, it's become The Office. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to choose. I knew you were going to choose The Office. Yeah. The I was American original version or the original? Uh, the U.S. version. I like the BBC version very much, but there's not very many episodes. It only mm-hmm. ran for you know two se- series and a, a Christmas movie, so that's really only about twelve episodes in a movie. Um, you know, you figure that the U.S. office ran for nine seasons, um, close to at least two hundred episodes, I think, if not over. Um, but it feels like my life is a continuous office rewatch. Uh, I um. I was going to say Dallas, but I went with Three's Company. Dallas isn't a comedy. Oh, yeah, it is. It's hysterical. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hysterical in watching it because I've I've been watching it with Zach. And the only thing oh that's my God, really? is just the JR. I'm just like, oh, my God, this dude. You're like, really? Larry Hagman. <laughs> <sighs> well, if, if we're going to count shows like that, I would say The Bachelor and The Bachelorette are probably the best comedy on television. <laughs> Because those shows are just train wrecks. So something that's not necessarily like a written, written comedy, but I do remember uh, I was big on the U.S. version of Whose Line Is It Anyway? Oh, my God. Yes. Yep. Although the British version with Clive Anderson is fantastic. Yeah. And I started watching that. But, oh, my God, I love that show so much. Well, that's (laughs) kind of great. That's kind of how Stump the Geek turned into a game where the points were just random. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I cribbed that directly from Whose Line. Yeah. Because Drew Carey would just make up point value. So that's what yes. I do with Dan. It drives him crazy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look at him. He's stewing already. <laughs> All right, kids. You want to uh, you want to talk about some, uh, some pop culture and Star Trek? Pop. Yes. Culture. What? I know. <laughs> Everybody say, huh. <laughs> I'm just waiting for him to do that. Pop to the culture. Wicka, 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 what? That's no, the only thing it was missing. I don't pop, do that. Pop, pop no, there you go. Nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Wow. All right. Let's do this, kids. Coconut. 